Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a special show dedicated to the trucking industry, specifically at the confluence of recruiting, retention, and compliance. In the fourth year as the host of this show, I bring over two decades of industry experience, both on the carrier side as well as the vendor side. And each week, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges. I always appreciate your feedback, good or bad. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on your preferred platform. I'd also like to thank and highlight the show's valuable sponsors. Their dedication and commitment to the industry and to the show is greatly appreciated. And if you're interested in being a sponsor of Taking the Higher Road or joining me for an interview, please email jeremy at takingthehighroad.com. The guest and the topic of this week's episode couldn't come at a better time. As we struggle to navigate through these challenging headwinds, we're going to hear from someone who's an expert in what carriers should do as well as shouldn't do in order to give you the best chance of survival. I'm honored to be joined by a great industry friend and ally, Chris Henry, Chief Operating Officer at KSM Transport Advisors. Great to have you on the show, Chris. Thanks, Jeremy. It's great to be here and been looking forward to this conversation for the last couple of months. Yeah, same here. And uh, and as I said, the timing is right. You know, we've been dealing with this freight recession since mid-2022, and it feels like quicksand to many of us. I'd love to hear your background, how you got your start in the trucking industry, what led you to a career in helping others with uh, best practices, and and I'd love for you to share who KSM Transport Advisors is and, and what they're all about. Uh, I definitely want to dive into a few best practices that you can recommend for our listeners, especially with all your pattern recognition over the years. And perhaps you can share a handful of do's as well as don'ts. And I'd certainly love for your uh, take on where we are in this current cycle and how important it is to stay engaged and connected to fellow industry peers as we're, you know, we're all going through the same challenges. And then lastly, we'll answer a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does that work for you? That works perfect. All right. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. but, be- <laughs> but before we dive in, I'm curious if you have any book recommendations for the audience, anything you've read that's been impactful to you. Yeah, I, I didn't get a lot of time to read last year. Uh, typically, I like to do a book a month. Um, but last year, I think I only did three books from cover to cover. The one I uh, read over Christmas was Poor Charlie's Almanac. So that's a book written by Peter Coffin, or he's the editor of it. And it's kind of a, a, a culmination of Charlie Munger's life work. Um, in the book. Um, so I'm a huge Warren Buffett fan, Berkshire Hathaway fan, um, you know, value investing, all that stuff. And both Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are kind of like the Benjamin Franklins of our time and I guess their time. And uh, so a lot of common sense stuff. But I highly recommend that book. Uh, put, pick it up for audio or, uh, you know, hard, hard, hardcover, but just a wonderful book. Uh, it's not just about investing. It's about, um, you know, how to approach life, relationships, um, time management, um, seeing people's perspectives. So one of the key takeaways from that book is always invert. So by invert, Charlie means uh, looking at it from the other person's perspective. So if you're negotiating with someone, looking at it from your kid's perspective, um, looking at instead of what instead of what you want to achieve with a, a goal or a business activity, what do you want to avoid? Uh, so always invert is one of the key takeaways from that book. So definitely get poor Charlie's Almanac. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, you're not the first person that I've uh, heard that from. And in fact, it may have been you who I heard it from before in a, in an email exchange. But um, but I have that on my list. And that sounds like a fantastic, certainly my speed and the stuff that I like to read. So thank you for that. 
Um, and I know, I think you're right. They, they are, you know, the, uh, Benjamin Franklin of, of this era. So, and that's a, that's a good thing. So first of all, Chris, you know, I've known you for years. You're a class act. Uh, I, I see you at most events. I, I've always enjoyed engaging with you. For those who may not know you, who is Chris Henry and how did you get your start in the trucking industry? For sure. Well, actually, next month will be year 25 in the in the industry. So um, I actually got started. I'm, I'm Canadian, so I'm based in London, Ontario. I uh, have, have never uh, changed my location, although I do travel quite a bit. But um, I started in the transportation industry in 1999. Um, and back in 2014, um, kind of pertinent to this conversation, my partner and I, uh, Ray Haight, uh, who was former truckload uh, association chairperson, um, owned and, and uh, was the president of a, as a, of a medium-sized trucking operation in Canada, about 300 trucks. Um, we got together um, to uh, look at helping carriers understand how they're performing relative to other carriers. So we, we formed a benchmarking uh, software platform called StackUp. So StackUp's goal was to basically provide more transparency, but also educate carriers on how they should be tracking their performance from a financial point of view, variable costs, fixed costs, all that kind of stuff. So um, we grew that company uh, um, for six years, and we sold it uh, to Freightways in 2019. Um, at the time of the sale, we had 239 trucking company profiles reporting their monthly financials to us. Uh, um, and in turn, those carriers were able then to compare and contrast their results anonymously versus the, this large population of carriers. So um, I think that made a dent with some some carriers in terms of how they um, were looking at their financials versus how they were doing it before um, and changed the way uh, they um, uh, contrasted themselves versus others. So and so from that early on, and I, by the way, you mentioned Ray Haight. Uh, I've He's been a, a guest on the show, good friend, and uh, glad to hear you uh, bring his name up. So from from those early days, you've been focused on helping carriers be better and see, you know, how they compare with others and so on. And I think that's probably, you know, kind of the natural transition, it sounds like, to uh, to KSMTA. Yeah. So KSM, basically, when, when I was doing benchmarking, we were able to go like a mile wide and about an inch deep. So we could tell you, you know, what your revenue per truck per week was, what, what your operating ratio was. There's a number of different statistics, but they only went so far down in terms of the, the general ledger or the transactions, the orders, the dispatches, et cetera. Um, the connection with KSM was KSM was a major supporter of StackUp. They referred a lot of clients to us. And we, in turn, uh, referred clients to them. So we had a natural affinity for uh, for them. They were able to take our clients at the time, StackUp's clients, and help them understand how do I need to uh, take action to improve on these metrics that we're reporting to StackUp. So they are able they were able to go a mile deep. Uh, so get right down to every ditch, dispatcher segment and customers, lanes, et cetera, and isolate essentially the the customers and lanes that are stealing profit from your network and the same are adding profit to your network based basically to better manage your companies and hopefully be more sustainable over the long term. So 
that was a connection there. They aided us in our growth on StackUp, and then it was a natural fit after we sold and I left FreightWaves. It was a natural fit for me to join uh, the KSM folks. So uh, you're the chief operating officer of KSM Transport Advisors. Uh, we, we, we keep saying KSM, Cat Zapper and Miller, uh, for those who don't know. I've worked with Cat Zapper and Miller for over a decade uh, from an accounting standpoint. Uh, perhaps uh, you can share a bit about, you know, who KSM is, you know, uh, briefly, and then dive into exactly how KSM Transport Advisors, maybe how they came about and how they help fleet customers. Yeah, absolutely. So KSM, um, Cat Zapper and Miller, it's now called KSM Business Services, we're a 500 plus employee uh, uh, accounting, uh, so audit tax, as well as consulting on the healthcare side, uh, location, uh, local local tax practice. There's They operate in 19 different industry verticals, uh, transportation being one of the largest. So um, Tim Almack, who many of the viewers hopefully uh, know that name, he was one of the leaders in growing that transportation practice. And one of the things that they identified back in uh, the early 2000s was the need to diversify in terms of the service offerings within that transportation group. So uh, they initially started doing some investment banking uh, type work, but uh, they had connect got connected with David Rausch, who's our current president. Um, and uh, the focus at that time, or David's focus, was using analytics to uh, better manage your company. And... I, he, he had a long background in trucking. Um, his his grandfather started Roadway Express. He he himself was the owner uh, of a almost 3,000 truck operation, uh, Rocor International. And in that company, they used um, a, a network profitability model to basically understand um, how to improve and which customers to uh, use to, to uh, drive that performance. So basically what David did is he took that same model when he got connected with KSM and said, okay, how do we take it from just a one-person uh, consulting practice, your own operation, to a client-based uh, practice where you take that model, overlay it uh, on top of each, each carrier's network, and give them a tool set uh, to better understand where the opportunities are in their network. So David started that um, practice in... 2007, right before the recession, um, actually gained a lot of business because of that, uh, um, and helped a lot of carriers, you know, stave off uh, going uh, in the wrong direction. Some, you know, uh, prevented them from going bankrupt, which is awesome and still to this day. But um, that practice grew over time, uh, and uh, we grew with KSM. And now we work with over 30 uh, trucking companies throughout North America, primarily focused on irregular route, uh, ad hoc, um, over-the-road truckload companies. So uh, David's a great guy. I've known David for a long time, too. I didn't know some of that uh, that background, so that was that was encouraging uh, as far as you know David is concerned. Um, you mentioned the Great Recession. I, you know, early on, I, earlier in 2023, I remember having a conversation with somebody who hadn't been in the industry uh, during that time, so somebody more new, recent, said to me, is this the worst you've ever seen it? Talking about the environment that we're in right now. And I remember saying at that time, this was probably March of 2023, uh, two, 23. What year are we? And I said, uh, and I said, 
Oh man, it was really bad in 2008-9. I remember. I actually owned a small truckload uh, fleet, small 20-ish truck fleet, and then I also had a driver staffing company at the time, and it was really, really tough. And so I dismissed it as, ah, it's not so bad. Now, as that year, last year progressed, I started having the same conversation with people and I started getting a lot of mixed responses in what was worse and what they felt was worse, 2008-9 or the environment that we're in right now. Do you have any thoughts on uh, on that? What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, so we have some very strong, very smart operators within our client base that have been around for three, four, some going on five decades. And a number of them have said this is worse than the Great Recession just because of lack of clarity, how quickly things uh, swung from good or awesome to uh, terrible. Uh, so over the, you know, we kind of have a biased view or a kind of, uh, you know, a narrower view because the carriers that work with us by as a byproduct that they want to get better. So we don't have a view into the entire industry. We can see everything's happening within freight waves and, and DAT and other sources in terms of price discovery. But um, in terms of the uh, erosion in margin, erosion in the line haul rates, we haven't, as a firm, seen such a rapid decline uh, than we did starting in the spring of 2022 to, you know, basically today we're, we're, we're at a stagnant period right now. And those strong operators have said this is way worse than the Great Recession. Um, and uh, um, it, it hopefully is going to turn uh, sooner rather than later. Well, that's uh, that's unfortunate to hear, I guess, but it's it is what it is. It's it's the reality that that we're operating in, and I appreciate that uh, uh, that perspective. I know, you know, while the driver shortage, you know, took a break as a as a top industry issue this year, uh, it's certainly only because a, a much bigger you know problem has emerged, and that's you know the economy. Um, it's certainly an underlying uh, challenge that carriers are still faced with, and as I often share on this show, there's there's also a continually increasing risk of, of nuclear verdicts, verdicts and settlements from a driver hiring and compliance standpoint. Since a majority of our audience revolves around the areas of recruiting, retention, you know, safety and compliance, I'm curious if you might be able to share one or two best practices that you might impart on carriers that, uh, that you work with. Yeah, so two things, uh, you know, first from a recruiting point of view, one of the things we, we try to do is... Uh, build an activity-based costing model that we've developed over the years for every single client. So each one of those costing models is unique um, to their operations. Uh, and one of the areas that we see from uh, with almost every carrier is discounting the cost of turnover um, and uh, you know what that can do to erode margin. So we did a analysis um, where we took all the direct an indirect cost of turnover, and we used about a, a sample size of about 50 trucking companies, flatbed, van, reefer, um, sizes from 80 to 1,200 trucks, actually 3,000 trucks. And the average cost lost driver was, uh, the range was between $11,000 and $25,000, and the, uh, the average overall was 17900 And that was years ago. So the adjustment for inflation and what cost bases are like today, I would suspect for the majority, that's $20,000. So each and every time you lose a driver, that's $20,000 that's extracted from your bottom line. 
That's $20,000 you didn't make, you didn't deposit into your bank and retain in the form of retained earnings. So that's something, you know, food for thought to think of. And if any viewer wants to reach out to go through that exercise, I can give them the workbook that we created to uh, to do that. Um, so uh, that's on the, uh, you know, the recruiting slash retention side. The other side of the equation is looking at top performing carriers from a safety perspective. And by safe, I'm referring to uh, their their FMCSA scores. Um, that's kind of the only real benchmark we have uh, of any substance and size. So there is a correlation, we believe, between those scores and, uh, and overall safety performance. And then also looking at what the total cost of insurance was. So basically your cost of insurance, your it's your risk financing. So you're basically the, the, your insurance carrier is taking a, a bet on you. And the lower your premium, the better bet they have that they're going to be able to uh, make money on you long term despite a lower premium. So we looked for that safe group. We looked at top performers from a, a safety or insurance premium, including deductibles, as well as accident, uh, self-insured accidents, and those FMCSA scores. So the top 25% of the carriers within the group we were uh, surveying, about 230 30, uh, term companies, they were almost identical to the top 25 uh, percent of carriers from an offering ratio perspective. So there is a direct correlation. So if you look at the top 25%, their um, insurance cost uh, can be as low as, you know, four cents per mile with similar um, excess or um, uh, umbrella insurance. Um, and then the bottom performers can be, you know, 20 cents, 21, 22, it, it, it even, it even higher. So when you think about that, with the erosion of the line hall, uh, line hall revenue, both contract and spot, and thinking of a carrier with a low insurance premium versus a high relative insurance premium, that advantage they have. So the thing that I reinforce there is it's not a cost when you're investing in safety. So technology, uh, best practices, uh, training, um, it's an investment and it may take a little bit you know, for the insurance carriers to get word of that in the form of good performance, but you'll be rewarded with that over time. And once you have that, it's it's hard to uh, hard to uh, get rid of it. Well, and and to your point, it's it's an investment, and it's not a cost. And I think too often it's viewed as a cost. It's a it's a it's a you know bottom line. It's an expense that can we cut this? And and it's the understanding that this is an investment, and this is this will pay dividends. In a in a major way, what about? Well, I was going to say, what about from a from a? Uh, are there any practices maybe that you uncover when you're working with a fleet, any of your customers, where you encourage them maybe to not do that anymore if there's something that they do? Is there anything that comes to mind? Well, we don't get into like our practice typically is focused on the lanes, the rates, and the customers, and you know all the you know the levers built around those. Um, but if they have good safety performance. One of the best practices we recommend is to, if you're confident in your operation, if you feel that you are where you need to be from a best practices point of view, uh, SOP point of view, um, a technology point of view and safety is to um, bet on yourself. So take more of that risk, whether more in terms of an, a self-insured uh, deductible or examine captives. 
Because one of the advantages you have there is, and this is something that I'm relaying to a lot of carriers right now is, you have a lot of carriers that are exiting the market. They're exiting uh, the market, but they're not those liabilities that are connected to them, both incurred or or and reported or incurred, but not reported, they haven't exited the market. So those liabilities are sticking with some carriers and those carriers are gonna have to recoup those costs sometime uh, from the remaining pool of carriers and, and uh, insurance. So the better you can isolate yourself from that general population, the better. So bet on yourself. If, if you're confident in your ability to, to um, uh, achieve um, better performance from a safety perspective, uh, take on a little bit more of that risk. Well, first of all, uh, KSMTA and KSM both uh, put out a lot of great content. And uh, I recently came across the 12 traits of highly profitable trucking companies. And I think that's a great series of articles that are really inspiring to those who take the time to read and put them into practice. And especially, I think the timing is just perfect. Can you share a little bit about those 12 traits and maybe how embracing them can give fleets a, a competitive advantage? Yeah, absolutely. So the reason we we collectively put this series together was we were constantly being asked, okay, give me the, you know, the the tips and tricks that XYZ company or ABC company is using to get better. So um, what David and I did is at the beginning of uh, 2022, we started talking about, you know, labels that we attach to these role model companies. So we started with a group of about 100 carriers and we attached uh, descriptions of traits to each one of those. And we did essentially word cloud. So what are the traits that bubbled up to the top more often than not? And then over time, we whittled it down to which carriers exhibit the most of those top traits. So at the end of the, the exercise, we were left with uh, four quote-unquote role model companies. And these companies all exhibit the 12 traits that we wrote about in uh, 2023. So each month we had a new trait. In 2024, we're going to be talking more about the how. So we talked about the why and you know gave significance to each of those traits. But in 2024, we're going to talk about here are the things you can do to um, exhibit these traits or take on these traits yourselves. Um, but basically... There's, there's 12, I won't get into all 12 of them, but one of the key, two of the key ones that I think your viewers should embrace uh, based on these four role model companies is number one, transparency. So uh, to us, transparency isn't just about, you know, showing financial performance, it's being open in terms of dialogue, how to, how to get better. And those four role model companies uh, embrace both. So, um, it, it's not just about uh, you know uh, you know old old boys club at the top uh, making decisions and telling people uh, by demand to implement. It's about here here's where we are relative to the market. Here are the opportunities that we see. What do you think? And then on an ongoing basis is here's how we're performing. So financially, um, uh, and one of the things as a byproduct of being connected with KSM is we see a lot of companies that are ESOPs, um, so employee-owned uh, companies, and they have to be transparent by nature of how they're structured. And if we were to do uh, a study over a 10-year period, I am very confident, we haven't done the study, but I'm very confident those companies would be 
uh, would outperform their their counterparts, especially within trucking, because they're being uh, forced to be open about their performance. And as a byproduct, you're able to um, better identify high-performing talent. So those that are attracted to that data, are attracted to those discussions, are attracted to the openness, uh, kind of bubble up to the top. So transparency is like the number one key trait that we think um, every carrier should exhibit, but it can be scary because, um, you know, there's two arguments against transparency that we hear all the time. One is I'll get asked for a raise. Well, uh, once, you know, your employees see how little of a dollar of revenue that is retained by a trucking company, I don't think you're going to have them asking for a raise. Uh, n- number two is the opposite. They'll head for the door. Well, they're going to ha- those people that would head for the door when they see challenging times or scary times, they're going to leave anyway. So it might be, a, you know, saving some time, energy, and effort um, by helping them uh, find that door. Um, but part of that too is educating uh, the team on how uh, the economics and how the market cycles work within trucking, the kind of financing you have arranged to weather those storms, whether it's cash or outside lending. Um, so it's not just showing your financials and walking away. You have to provide context. You're going to see some really extreme highs and really extreme lows in, in the next you know 10 years. And here's how we're doing relative to that time period. The second trait I'll mention, which is 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 connected to it is the last one that we wrote about in December, and that's humble leadership. So each one of these four companies, and Jeremy, I know you know uh, two of these companies very well, um, and we'll, we're going to be profiling them in 2024. Um, humble leadership is something that they embrace fully. Um, so by that, I mean it's it's not I have all the answers. I'm the owner. I'm the you know the president, the CFO. It's you know here's where we are, here's my opinion on the current situation, what does everyone else think? Let's talk about this, let's be deliberate. Does, is this connected to our strategy, our long-term strategy? Is it not? How can we get better? It's asking the questions instead of you know demanding the results. So that's two of the 12 that uh, we think every care. And these are more foundational things. We get into more tactical things within that 12 trait series, but um, those are the those are the two that I would uh, recommend. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's some really good stuff. And and the twelve traits uh, that can be found on your website. Uh, where where what is that? What's the URL? If you could share that. Uh, so you can go to uh, ksmcpa.com or ksmta.com, and uh, the resources or articles are are linked uh, on on that page. Perfect. I think there's a lot of good content there and uh, certainly want to encourage the audience to check that out. And uh, Chris, this it goes by so fast and I really appreciate all your time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, appreciate the work that you're doing for the industry and, and certainly grateful for our friendship and partnership. So thank you. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Stay tuned next week as Sadie Church, president of Recruit, Hire, Retain, joins me on the show to talk about her new venture. And once again, special thanks to the sponsors of the show. We really appreciate you. If you're interested in being a sponsor of Taking the High Road or joining me for an interview, please send me an email 
at jeremy at takingthehighroad.com. And lastly, don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road and please share or forward to your industry peers. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road. Mm-hmm.